0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. What a joy it is to have in the studio with me, my friend, Steve Ritchie, who around our household, we don't call him Steve, we don't call him Mr. Ritchie, we don't even call him a nickname, we call him Master Richie. And here's the reason why. We met Steve through Yesha Taekwondo, a ministry here in the Jacksonville area that is a volunteer-based Taekwondo school and ministry. So he is the master at our local school that our children have gone to over the past several years. I've had three kids go from white belt to black belt, and most of that was under Master Richie. So we're grateful for his mentorship into my children's lives, grateful we have become friends through the years as we have, as we've been bringing the kids to Taekwondo. He's been married now to Carol for 35 years. They have three grown boys. His day job is in IT. I was thankful when Master Richie, pardon me for those of you who aren't in martial arts, and that seems kind of weird for me to be calling someone master, but this is the lingo when Steve agreed to come on the podcast and share his testimony and how God has worked through his life and in his life. And so, Steve, good to have you on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. No, Glad to be here. Thanks. Let's start at the beginning, like we do with most of our guests. Tell me about your upbringing and the story of your childhood and then how that led into your relationship with God through Jesus Christ.
1: Well, um, just meeting you wouldn't know my past. Most people think I came from a perfect family, I guess, that's all typical Christian, when you see him from a distance, they always look like everything was perfect. Uh, I grew up in a home. Uh, my parents met each other. They were both married to someone else and uh, had children and divorced and uh, married each other. Uh, they had a, two daughters. Uh, my dad had two daughters. My mom had a daughter. And they uh, married, and, and I have three brothers through that marriage. And... Uh, they divorced when I was four years old.
0: Now, what was the birth order for you? Are you the oldest, the youngest? I'm third in line of the boys.
1: Okay. I have an older, two older brothers. One just passed away a year and a half ago, and I have a younger brother.
0: Okay. So what happened when they divorced? Where did where do you kids go?
1: Well, originally, we all went with my mom uh, for about a year, and then uh, she couldn't handle uh, my uh, brother, my brother who is uh, almost about 11 months older than I was. She sent us off to my dad's mother and father. Uh, we lived with my grandparents for... About two years, and then bounced back to my mom, uh, and then he, my older brother stayed with her, and I went back by myself to my grandmother's. I guess I was problem child or something. I was tough on her. <laughs> so I lived with my, my grandmother. At now, this,
0: where was your dad in all this? Did you have a relationship with him on the weekends, or was it that kind uh, of scenario? He would
1: visit off and on, but really and truthfully, he had a girlfriend. He was out of the picture pretty much. Eat, you know I'm sure there was plenty of custody and fight battles so I just wasn't in on that at six years old. you know and what seven, part eight. of the country was this? This is all in the Midwest in Toledo, Ohio Okay uh, I was born in Toledo, Ohio so and we at that point, my mom got cancer, uh, ovarian cancer. And so she had to do something with all those kids. Uh, and so she approached my grandparents uh, and said, hey, you know, the boys are in foster care, but we're getting ready to put them in an orphanage. But I would like you to stay, Steve, with your grandparents. So I'd like to build a relationship because you and I have never gotten along that well. And I said, no, I want to be with my brothers and I want to go to this orphanage. It's got a pool. It's got military training. It's an orphanage for, for military. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I was about nine years old.
0: That was near Toledo? And
1: that was actually in Xenia, Ohio, outside of Dayton. Okay. So about two hours south. How did
0: you know about this place?
1: I'm certain that You're the child custody. You were a kid and it's two hours away. They and all that. sent us brochures, sat down on brochures, and said, hey, this is the place. I'm sure that the custody people said, this is where you should go because your, your dad was in the Air Force and we can get you in there and he can't take you right now. He's getting married and he didn't have time for us. So we all went to the orphanage. And from that point, uh, we all were separated at the orphanage. I was kind of a little bit bamboozled there. I thought we were all going to be together, but we were all in separate dormitories. So we all had different lives. Um, we marched to, you know, marched to breakfast, marched to school, marched back home. But I had a Christian dorm mom who made us memorize scripture,
0: wow.
1: who made us, you know, go to church and she made us, you know, as my first encounter with Jesus. Um, and I learned scripture well, we, we, you know, learn John three sixteen and and you know, all these scriptures for two years. And I really, I was baptized church Christ. Uh, and I, you know, I cried my eyes out to God. I found I had a glasses. I'm like, God, you know, glasses. Uh, I spoke in kind of a prayer language. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was, I was one of these kids that really, really needed God. Um, mm-hmm. because I lacked a father. Um, and I, so, um, I really liked being in the orphanage, but my mom got, you know, her cancer straightened out. Took us back and moved us back to Toledo, Ohio.
0: You said you you had a prayer language. You um, want to define that for me a little bit? You
1: know, I just babbled and okay. and cried out to God no, at, it's not at a ten problem. years I mean, old. I have no idea what I was doing at the time. I did read well, it later could have been about a spiritual acts,
0: gift of, of tongues that, a but it's a prayer language. language. Right. It
1: really wasn't something someone would interpret. Uh, right. I've never done a, you know tongues in front of anybody else right right i would never i, but the, I just don't have you weren't taught
0: this at the church because no, Church of christ doesn't no way. do that yeah. no they probably yeah. thought
1: there was something deeply wrong with me
0: uh-huh. and
1: probably put laid hands on me and exercised me i don't know <laughs> a lot of people don't believe in that and and i i i well, just
0: I, I do believe in it so do you I, yeah, did, yeah. I
1: did not know that i've had have churches ask me you're not going to tell people that i i personally um I had no idea what I was doing at 10 years old, yeah. um, but I, I knew it was a thing after reading the Bible and Acts. I'm like, oh, they did that? And I didn't understand. Sure. Uh, but I knew, you know, now that, you know, Paul had a prayer language that he didn't do in front of people, I guess. Right. But anyway, I, I moved back with my mom in Toledo, Ohio, and I was, you know, grandmother had given me a coat and a bike that she had kept for me. And my brothers broke it, and my mom made me give it to my older brother We're at the school, and I was like, kind of, you know, I still couldn't get this relationship with my mom right. I don't know what what it was, but we have always had this animosity. But she found a boyfriend or husband and decided she was going to get married, but he didn't want kids. Mm. So my dad agreed to take us in Chicago uh, with his new wife. So we moved to Chicago. My dad was a beer salesman, and uh, we, we was confirmed in the Lutheran Church. And I always thought it was weird. He'd stand up and, we're the Richies, and I'm a... I work for Carling Black Label, and I'll be like squirming in my chair, going, Is that okay?
0: But, um, well, Lutherans, it probably was okay. It was okay. Yeah. And,
1: and, and really and truthfully, you know, um, being confirmed, it it's a gospel. And we read the Apostles' Creed and, you know, mm-hmm. the Nicene Creed. And, and if you read that all, it, it, you know, has a, it's definitely sound doctrine. Mm hmm. But then, you know, my brothers, uh, after being in middle school, and I really was introduced to wrestling and sports there. I really got into athletics. Uh, mm-hmm. My stepmother was hard on us. She didn't like us kids as much as her own, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a lot of animosity there. My, my brothers did not get along with her. She didn't really, she had a different personality. My dad left the house and he was traveling salesman. So it was difficult. Uh, so my two old other brothers, uh, my older brother, my younger brother, my mom, wanted of my Older brother come home. She paid a bus ticket to ride at at uh, eleven years old. She gave a bus ticket to ride home from Chicago to Ohio to Ohio by himself. He ran away, oh. and my dad was like really upset. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "I'm going to negotiate for the younger son because well he needs to be with me too." And my dad said, like, "Well, we'll keep Steve." And I'm like, "Well, I want to be with my brothers." Mm-hmm. And he was upset. And my mom's like, "Well, you can't come unless you buy a bed and get a job. You're not coming." She's trying to. Mm-hmm. Talked me out of coming. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, okay, but I want to be with my brother." So I did move to Hillsdale, Michigan with my mom. My mom
0: had That was the thing. The whole How long was this with your dad? How long I did was that last? Two in years. Okay. Now, when you were on your way there, were you excited I get to live with my dad and this I part of the I did have a little like- bit of
1: excitement. I, I was one of these that liked my dad and my mom didn't like me for that. Okay. Um I think she was upset that I had wanted to be have a relationship with my father.
0: But by the uh, end of the two years, was that a letdown that he, it didn't measure up to what you wanted? You want to go with your brothers or was it just kind of a mixed emotions thing?
1: I had a mixed emotion. I love my dad, but he wasn't there. Okay. Uh, the, the, the sadness of living in, in Chicago with my dad was it was really living with my stepmother and mm-hmm. we were really her kids serving <laughs> uh, really kind of sad that, that was that way, but she would make us pretty much clean up after everybody. And my mom would send us letters. Now my mom became a Christian at this time, a Pentecostal Christian. Wow. Okay. Um, She went to an assembly, got her, the aunt of the last husband she had led her to Christ, and then she was going to church in, in Hillsdale, Michigan. And she would write us letters about her conversion. And my my stepmother would cut out all this stuff about Christ in the letters, and we would really? read these letters with empty. You're kidding! Holes in them. Yes. Wow! Oh, this. She, hey, were
0: you asking what did she say here? Yeah,
1: because well, you know she wasn't going to tell us. And my dad's like, "This is not appropriate." And you, you guys aren't hearing this stuff. And so, um, so he was in agreement with her. Yeah, he let her do this, and we were kind of like, "Well." And that I think was partially why my son, my brothers, she was kind of like, We're not staying here. This lady's evil. <laughs> you know, so.
0: Won't even let us hear what our mom has wants yeah, to say to she us. She really had yeah. this
1: irritating relationship. She thought my mom was at fault for the last divorce. Okay. And, and later on, that discussion will change. So, we, so I went back to Hillsdale, Michigan, high school, and I, you know, I, I wrestled and I went. I, I, the pastor there, it was Assembly of God, the pastor had two pretty daughters. And, you know, like I wanted I had this hunger for God, but I also thought, wow, this is great. You know, they have these two girls that are asking me to come to church and I'm not going to argue, you know? Um, And I did, I went to church and, and. uh,
0: You're not the first guest I've had on who a motivation for attending church was pretty girls.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's pretty prevalent that, you know, there's always a motivation there for um, friendship. And I'm sure that God helps that along with the Holy Spirit saying, hey, yeah, I got other plans, but. Never dated those girls. Never went out or anything. Uh, but but they were sweet little sisters. They were really, uh, I did. The only trouble I had when I was at the Assembly of God Church was my understanding of Christ. I think at that time I felt like I had to be good to get to heaven. I had to perform. And if I sinned, I needed to run to the altar. So I spent a lot of time every Sunday going back to the altar thinking, if I don't repent, I'm not going to get there. And I had this legalistic Kind of twisted view of it was me doing the work.
0: So you really at that point didn't have a true grasp of grace or the concept of salvation by grace, really?
1: No, no, yeah. I did not. I know I needed Christ. I loved Christ. I believed in His life and death. But as far as understanding the
0: the freedom that was the in freedom Christ. that yeah. was in
1: Christ and the fact that um, I understood that He paid for that, grace. I just thought yeah. He had to keep paying for it. Uh, and I didn't understand the past, present, and future forgiveness from Christ. Yeah. I always felt like, well, I had to go back and repent, and and I still to this day I don't think it's wrong to repent. You have to continuously repent. Sure, but that's for a relationship with Christ.
0: And and my f- so you kind of had the. To- which is somewhat common among people, Christians who think that you can lose your salvation. You're like, Oh, I sent a bunch this week, so I got to go get saved. It's almost like getting saved every week.
1: Yeah. And and the pastor kind of hinted toward that. You know, he had that scripture in Hebrews where he's like, you know, if if you know if
0: you've tasted the heavenly gift and you know
1: exactly you you can which lose which is this kind thing.
0: of fascinating because if you really read that text, which I believe is a hypothetical argument the author of Hebrews is making, he he goes on to say that you can't ever get it back again. Right, Christ that's can't go back and die it. Yeah, yet, so he's teaching you can lose it, but he's also teaching but you can get it back again if you come up here and repent. Right, which, which if that passage if it's, if that's what it's really teaching, you're lost. Then you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. You you only could get saved one time, and if you ever lost that your toast.
1: Exactly. Which a very
0: scary scary
1: thing for a young guy or for anybody. Uh, and you know kind of when you have that verse where Christ says I knew you not, you know you're like okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know is all this in vain, you know. Right. Can I lose Christ? And of course you get to Romans the last yeah. few verses in Romans nothing can separate you from the love so, of
0: Christ. So for our listeners just you know side note, we've read the whole thing. We've read the whole story. We know that once you're in Christ, you're safely in Christ for eternity.
1: Absolutely, you just
0: didn't know that at that age not not yeah. at
1: the age of of twelve, thirteen sure no i'm I'm basically running up to the altar every weekend and trying to be a good guy, yeah uh, and you know, um which is just exhausting,
0: which you were finding out. You were not capable in your own strength of being a good guy.
1: No, it should have been there every morning. The, it's being to altar
0: every single Sunday.
1: <laughs> it was it was interesting, um, and I and maybe that's why it wasn't so inviting to the rest of my family. My brother, my youngest brother, got saved. My older brother never he never accepted Christ. Mm. Um, he always kind of smirked about it. You know, it okay. wasn't important to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like flies in a soup. It was like eh, it's not only part of that, mm-hmm. um, and so. We, we you know, lived in Hillsdale, Michigan, all the way till I graduated high school. And my mom started uh, as a Christian dating an alcoholic. Mm. And his name was Donna. He had, he just would get drunk and, and mean. And, and he would fix her car and give her money because we were on welfare and we were really poor. We just didn't have, my dad's child support was nothing. Yeah. And so we lived in a, a duplex.
0: So did they marry? No. Oh, no. okay.
1: Finally, the pastor stepped in and said, "You're what gonna you, have to." Eat. What are you
0: doing? Is yeah. that what it, man, he, he is said, "You've got to break you this know. off. This right. guy's
1: pulling you down, and you and you're, And my older brother would, you know, got kicked out of the house because he wouldn't go to church and then which really angered me and i'm like okay if that's that's the gospel you're throwing your son out but you've got this alcoholic husband, boyfriend that you like and yeah but my brother who drinks and smokes
0: so did he move in with i don't you know guys?
1: where he went during that time uh, So he'd just he just be have, in the
0: daytime or whatever they leave at night
1: yeah i mean it, and he you know he wouldn't hold down a job but i think my coach track coach really really liked him he wouldn't let him he worked for him at a tree farm my brother was really athletic he was on the state he he Went to state and, and uh, pole vaulting. He was very, very talented, mm-hmm. which I had to work hard at being anything in sports but mm-hmm. you know I, I still never rose to state level in anything and yeah.
0: and so yeah and I got I got confused there I was asking if the boyfriend was living at home did he move in with you No, all? he never moved in he, he lived did. in a trailer yeah.
1: on his mother's property he was 60 something years old he oh, was wow. he was older than my mom
0: yeah
1: when the pastor told him or told my mom she had to let him go and he let go he, he literally got violent and and I went to visit him because I had a flat uh, the reverse went out in my truck uh, and I, he was a mechanic, so I took my truck to him, and he was drunk, and he pulled the gun on me, and, we're, we're, me and a friend of mine, he was getting ready to go in the Air Force. Uh, I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of a, a Jap 77 rifle, <laughs> and he's like, your mother left me, and he's just drunk as can be. Oh my. And so I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, this guy's crazy, you know? Mm. And I'm upset with our pastor thinking, well, gee, you know, look what you've done. But at the same time, I'm kind of thinking she shouldn't have never started this in the first place. I'm a, I'm a senior in high school. Now I'm getting ready to go in the Air Force myself. And my whole idea of Christianity is just shattered. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. like, my mom's not, not thinking rational. I've got this guy who's an alcoholic. The pastor and I were good friends, but... You know, I'm, I'm at this point going, you know, the confusion of my brother being kicked out and this guy being thrown away. And, and my mama finally threw me out, uh, cause I didn't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. And so my grandfather, uh, my mom's side came up to visit and said, what are you doing? You're on child support. You Why is your son not living at home? And it talked her into letting let me come back just until I graduated from high school and went in the air force. And that's kind of when I went, she left the house, let me pay the rent off. And I went into the air force. Okay. I was stationed in Texas went to Germany. The whole time I'm in the military, I'm completely angry at God. I'm completely just disillusioned. You know, I knew scripture, I knew the Bible, and I'd laugh about it, laugh it off.
0: And you're not in fellowship with other believers meeting together? There's a few the- people
1: who try to convert me, and mm-hmm. I you know, debate Bible with them, and, and I thought it was cool to just ruin them. The church the is out for you now at this point. It's at just, this point, yeah. I'm like, you know, I really have gotten to be more of a, a party guy. Uh, and all my friends, we would just live in a dorm and save our money up and go party, and that was kind of what I did. Had some bad relationships. This is your
0: single years as an yep. air, in the air force,
1: and I had some real bad relationships as far as with women, mm-hmm. married, too young. I was just just completely.
0: You you married too young? No, no, you were I, you were
1: with married women.
0: Ah, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Uh, yeah. Basically, being used, they were leaving their husbands and using me to do it but I, I after that I went, left Germany uh, mm-hmm. and went to uh, South Dakota and when I moved to South Dakota I still kept drinking and I met into a friend of mine who uh, wanted to be my best man but we would drink and had roommates and I was getting a little bit to the point where I'd get drunk and violent I start fighting with my roommates and mm. you know lost my girlfriend that I was sending money home to How old were you at this point? I was 22 Okay
0: In the Air Force, living a life of debauchery, I think would be a good way to describe it. Alcohol and women and partying and anger and starting to get violent with your drinking. 22 years old and you're on kind of path of destruction. That'd be a good way to describe that.
1: Yeah, I literally was starting to black out when I drank. And and I I had a friend of mine, I was was in my last year in the Air Force. I wasn't going to stay and I determined I wasn't going to do that. I told a friend of mine, I said, I just can't. I cannot continue to do this to my body. I am destroying myself. If I continue on this path, I am going to ruin myself. And I said, I'm going back to Christ. He says, What are you talking about? And so we went to this party, and um, there was two girls sitting there sober, watching us, watching us talk. And I said, You know, I said, I, I really, I, I'm really getting to the point where I just got to stop doing this. I really want to go back to Christ. And their ears perked up because one was four square daughter of a pastor. Uh, mm-hmm. her dad, her dad was four pastor and the other one was her best friend. And they were both believers in Christ. And they're like, well, why don't you come to
0: church with us? To a Foursquare gospel church. Yeah. And they were at a party.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know why they were there. Actually, I've really never asked of that. Well, why were you there? Maybe they were in their own little rebellion at the time. I was trying to pick up the little redhead. I won't say her name because she might hear this someday because she's, <laughs> we're still good friends. Oh, that's great. And and her family. My
0: great grandparents were Foursquare Gospel Church planters. No kidding. Anyway, proceed with your story.
1: Well, um, he discipled me. Obviously, so their dad. Yeah, and this church only had like twenty people. It was yeah. a very small church. Uh, he started discipling me, but I didn't stay at his church. I, I went over to the Assembly of God down the road and become the youth leader of their their high school youth, uh, kind of. And and the pastor. And you're thought, in the Air
0: Force at this time.
1: Actually, I had just got out.
0: Okay, so were you back in Michigan? I was in or? college. Okay, I
1: went straight from out of, out of the military started, I was taking taekwondo and I ran into a friend of mine whose dad said, if you want to stay here and go to college in South Dakota, I'll hire you at a middle school. You could be the head custodian on nights, okay. four, night foreman. So I was a night foreman custodian at a middle school in South Dakota. And 23,
0: 20, something 20 like
1: about that. 22. I was about 20 at that time. I was probably about 23 Yeah, and I was going to college to uh, learn computers mm-hmm. and uh, at that time a megabyte hard drive was a mainframe, and we worked on floppy disks. And so I'm getting discipled mm-hmm. and uh, going to this church, but I'm also a youth pass, a youth youth leader at this you know president of the youth group and at Assembly of God, and we're you know still got this legalistic thing where I feel like I have to always repent. I don't know why it was. I always felt you had he had to be super. Holy or you lose your, you lose your Christianity. Because I remember having a conversation in college with, because I would talk about Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, one of the uh, psychology teachers pulled me into her office and said, well, how do you become saved? Mm-hmm. I said, well, you've got to believe in Jesus Christ and be good and work, you know, and go to church and do this and do this and do this. And she goes, oh, okay. And I walked away and then had some moms walk up to me on campus saying, no, it's grace. is mm-hmm. grace. You know, I was like, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I really still didn't have that grace part down.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus gets you into the kingdom, but you can work your way out of it.
1: Oh, you can be stupid. Yeah, you can in, your really, mind, that, in, your, in your head, you really think it's something you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I still wrestled with that uh, hard. And these two girls still had a lot of in my life. We followed them everywhere. We went to uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Uh, fellowship. We'd go back to Baptist, Student Union. Mm-hmm. We'd do all these Bible studies. That's how I did every week. I mean, I'd spent all time in youth group meetings all the time. I think that's all I did, working as a custodian and going to college. And, and so my grades weren't all that good because I spent a lot more time, you know, doing fellowship than I did studying. But I did well in, my, in the area of computers. I just hated the uh, basic stuff of college. I never really, really cared much for algebra and all that. But anyway, I finally graduated. and uh, uh, I What school did you go to, by the way? I was, you know, they changed names. It used to be a national college business in South Dakota. Now mm. it's called American University in South Dakota. They, they cool. got bought out. It was a private college, so all its accreditation wouldn't move over when I tried to move my college later. But it was interesting. The thing that um, after I graduated, this girl all of a sudden that i have been following around for years discipleship with that I thought I was just head of her heels for, don't listen to this part, um, suddenly she said she was getting married. And I, I'm like, like in shock, I didn't know you had a boyfriend. Um, and it was funny, because I had just gotten back from a road trip with her father to the Indianapolis 500 visiting my dad, which really went really well, except for my dad's stepmother was in the process of divorcing him. The, the the one that we lived with was divorcing him because he cheated on her. And, mm. and he's hearing all this, processing that, you know, because I'm sure he didn't know my family life very well either. Um, I don't know how I always kept that hidden from people. I didn't talk about it a lot. But... When he met my dad, he's like, oh, okay, you know, this was, so I don't know if that finally solidified. I need to get away from this guy and marry the other guy. Or you know, if I was in competition or running, I'll never know to this day. And uh, hopefully she doesn't hear this. <laughs> anyway, so after she broke up, I had a little bit of a, a turn, and, and it was like a, a little bit bitter. Uh, I, I still went to church, but I, I started dating outside of church. And my brother was married to somebody nine years old. He I didn't tell you part of this. And when I moved to South Dakota, my younger brother Graduated from high school, moved in with me. Okay. Uh, Dakota. He married a girl that would follow him around uh, on the band that was nine years older than him. And he had children. On the band? And he, was, he was a rock and roll player. Okay. He, he played uh, bass guitar. Oh, gotcha. And so he, he married this girl. She had a girlfriend, and I started dating her. And they, they were just. Anyway, she took me down a road I shouldn't have gone. And I almost I married her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, engaged to her 19 days before the wedding. I, pulled, I called it off. Uh, she had two kids. She was uh, a smoker. And, you know, it. she just, uh, 19 days before the wedding, she started having questions and said, I'm going to leave you with the kids and go away. And I'm like, ah, first off, I'm an instant parent of teenagers. You can't leave me with your kids. I, and at that point, she tried to talk me back together with her. And I'm like, no, this is over. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. And, and my pastor at the time felt obligated to marry me because, I, I mean, he was. I was his youth president for years. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Steve, the best thing on earth you ever did was change your mind. Thank you. I didn't want to have to do this. Yeah, and uh,
0: She didn't walk with the Lord. No. Yeah.
1: No. And at that point, I went on a prayer and fast. Mm. I said, okay, God, you got my attention. I know I made some stupid mistakes and have just been completely living on my own. I started studying a a navigator book that straightened me out about Christ.
0: The Uh, navigators. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, They explain... In detail how christ did all the, all the work and mm-hmm. you know I, I finally it clicked oh <laughs> it's not about me i don't have to do you know i am
0: uh, yeah it's who you are in christ yeah i'm yeah. in
1: christ I, I don't have to perform i don't have to please people or if i'm in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that whole weight was like oh goodness he, he paid it past present I, i'm free and now and, you're
0: motivated to serve him and live the holy life and all these things that previously you strived so you could keep your relationship with God. Now your mindset is shifting to, now I do these things because I love God. Right. And because I'm free.
1: And I to and, and it's want more to do exciting this. to tell the gospel now because now it's a, do you know what Jesus actually did? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, there's this, do you know the freedom? Mm-hmm. And then I started praying fasting because I really wanted to be married at that point. I figured I had, I bought my house. What, what I was like 20, month? 26.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I, I bought my house, I got my car. What's the next step? I, I, I want to get a good job and I need a wife and, and I'm looking around and I'm like, South Dakota is a very small town. Small um, state. population small state. And yeah. small town you're in. And I'm like, I, I should probably quit being, and I, t- I, I, To stay in South Dakota, I started talking to my boss. Well, how about when you give me an elementary school or something, I could just run as a head custodian. He's like, no, you went to college. Mm -hmm. You're going to graduate. You're going to get a job in your career field. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the computer computer field, you know, NCR, all these companies were just folding. Um, Mm. It was hard to find work. So I ran into my, I went out on a youth group thing to a drive-in theater in the back of a pickup truck watching the movie. I met my wife. Interesting. All the friends what was in the my movie, uh, I don't even remember the movie.
0: <laughs> That's good.
1: And the funniest thing is, is is all the people by youth group had been doing it for years,
0: including my
1: girlfriend who that, that got married. She knew her too. And I'm like, how come nobody ever introduced us? And I told, you know, Carol, I was like, you don't
0: remember seeing her or anything?
1: No, I, I mean, I think I saw her from a distance. She was yeah. cute as a bug, but I was like, you know, I was way too excited about meeting her and she was not interested at all. Okay. Um, she literally just said, you need to slow down and get away from me. And mm-hmm. she's asking my friends, who is this guy? Because I was fooling around, so I wasn't old enough to drink. Mm-hmm. I was 26, 27. And she's like, you're just way too extroverted, and go away.
0: You, I'm sorry, you said you weren't old enough to drink?
1: Oh, uh, we went into a, a little 7-Eleven, because I, I was really baby-faced. My kids have the same problem. I was just fooling around saying, I'm not old enough to even drink. And I, I'm, you know,
0: Oh, it was just a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. Was like, and and she's what's like, the state law there. No.
1: Yeah. I, I was pretending. And she just looked at me like, you're just way immature. You're just go away. No, we're mm-hmm. not dating. I don't want you around. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally, will you go out with me? She said, no, 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 emphatically. No. And I literally begged her for weeks to go out with me. <laughs> <laughs> and she was asking my friends, what is it with this guy? Yeah, he's Okay. Yeah. but you know, she just like, you're just not going to, this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, and she'd finally just, say, we're just going to be friends. And mm-hmm. I was just like, at that point, I've been just friended so many times by girls. So I was kind of just, what are you saying with that? Because I think it was a thing Christian girls said back then. We're just going to be friends. And I said, so when you say that, you mean there's nothing ever going to happen because we're friends. And I guess that just means it's done. We can't date. She goes, well, that's not really, really a meant. I go, well, that's what you said. Just friends means just nothing else. Mm. And, and, and at that point, I was kind of like, "Well, gee, I, I guess that's over." Right. She said, "But I'll go out. We'll go hiking together." And we started talking, and within a year, we were we were married. But it was one of those things where has a lot of work, yeah. uh, just to get her to go out with me. But I prayed and fasted for her. Yeah, there I you mean, go. I know you know. At, at that point, uh, I really. Really, I don't know if she thought anything of me, but I know what I wanted at that point. But it, yeah. was, it was interesting that uh, at that point, uh, my pastor gave us, uh, we went through this Taylor Johnson counseling thing where he's like, you two are a lot better than what you did before. He says, thank the Lord, you know, that this was the direction you went. Carol, Carol went to Grace Bible College in, in Omaha. She was pretty grounded. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, she, you know, to this day, she probably, you know, I don't know what she feels. But anyway, after 35 years, we've had a really blessed life. But I really, with Yesha Ministries, yeah. uh, if you want to change gears a little bit.
0: Well, before we get to that, let's just do a, a brief transition into your cancer diagnosis, if you don't mind. Okay. Because that's let's the challenge that. you're facing now. Okay. Let's I mean, if you're comfortable it. with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So when, when were you diagnosed with cancer?
1: In 2014, I was teaching Taekwondo, working for a company called Heart Hanks. I started having bleeding, and I'm like, there's something wrong with me. I know it. Um, but I kept ignoring it. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, it got to the point where you know, I was wearing diapers to work, and I'm like, I gotta got fix this because they kept telling me it was hemorrhoids. And I go, I just, I just don't believe this. Mm-hmm. Every time I got a colonostomy, I was completely pollock free. Uh, to this day, I've only had one pollock, and it was that cancer. And it was in a very bad place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was is set right on top of the prostate gland and a sphincter and they're like if we don't remove it, it is going to kill you but if we remove it you're not going to uh, you're going to need a bag for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and of course very athletic Uh, I I wrestled I taught taekwondo I ran every week at least three times a week I'd go downtown running with friends I was on Jacksonville track club Mm -hmm. Uh, my wife and I were very active And, you know, and I did youth group with my kids. I taught, you know, for my kids from uh, my oldest all the way youngest, all the way through middle school, every one of them. So when the cancer hit, it took me out of taekwondo for a year. Doctor told me I had 10 years and uh, I had to have surgery, chemo, radiation. Um, It really did a rack on my body. Mm. I think I lost probably 20 pounds. I was probably down to 140 pounds Uh, my whole life was my whole adult life. I was 165 pounds and you know, the chemo, the radiation, uh, after surgery, I couldn't walk a block. I couldn't even get off the couch. Mm. The elders would come and pray with me. The church prayed for me. I've never been more prayed for than when I had cancer and, and what a blessing the church was, Mm. uh, all the pastors, all the elders, everybody visited me constantly praying and my, even after I got done, I, I only was out of Taekwondo a year. I came back still fighting cancer, and the timing was that you know Dave Trimholm, who took over the Taekwondo Club, mm-hmm. was going to get stationed overseas. That's and,
0: when we were coming in. Yeah, you know, that's when we came and in. And I, I, said, right look, let me,
1: let me take it back over, and because you're leaving, and I was hoping he'd come back. Just a note, <laughs> but really, really, I really had an encounter with Christ during cancer. Um, it it really woke me up to the brevity of life and that something that everybody has to face is death. Prior to that, I lived like I was gonna be 150 years old, and I never knew half the people around me that were sick. They were just quiet about it. And once I got sick, it became a, oh, you don't know about me. And we had these God conversations Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about, you know, God is sovereign, He can heal you, but at the same time, He's going to use that for a purpose. Yes. And if you're sick and ill, he may say no to the healing, but he may use that to reach other people. And he did. Yeah, um, He did. And, I, and to this day, one of the things prior to this that I didn't do that after I got cancer is I got into my Bible really hard. Mm. I read it six times. I have read Wonderful. it every year. Um, this year I've been a little spotty and I'm kind of embarrassed about it. But I literally have gone through it six times. And I, and I don't understand as a Christian... Why you wouldn't want to read through the entire book when you're putting all your life trust in it? Yes, and so many people do just let other people regurgitate the word to them. And after reading the mega narrative of the Bible and understanding the big picture of what it's about, and reading it enough times to where you understand it, all the players, mm-hmm. you understand that it's all about Christ. It's all about redemption, and it's all about the cross. Yes, and it's all tied in from old to new, and it's all so beautifully woven. And if I could do anything after cancer was read that word like it's no tomorrow. Uh, it, will, it will make everything make sense. And, and it, at the, prior to that, I don't know. I just had a, you know this memory verse type attitude toward the Bible. If I just remember key verses of what salvation is and what's important, that I'll be able to explain the Bible. And you miss the point of of the walk with the Jews and Abraham and, and you know, all the way up to the lamb at the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, why Christ was there on Passover Day. Uh, why he was the sacrificial lamb for our our souls, and and why it had to happen in order for us to be saved, and how the Gentiles were grafted in, and all the story all the way to Revelations where he says, "I'm going to take you all up, every nation, every every peoples will be saved, and those who won't will be thrown in a lake of fire." And you look at that whole narrative, and you're like, it all made sense, mm-hmm. and good. and so. I will say if cancer did anything, it woke me up to those who were ill around me to the fact that we all are very, very uh, just a vapor of life and that God's word is from front to cover all about God and how to, how we fit into that picture. Mm-hmm. And it makes the gospel urgent.
0: Yes, that's good.
1: It makes the gospel urgent. And I, I if teaching Taekwondo has given me a platform to tell that to lost people it has given me a platform to tell that to people who are already believers that this is what you need to do in order to survive the, the coming disaster that we're heading into as a nation mm-hmm. um you need to know your bible and you need to be able to explain that word to others but that was what cancer did it Excellent. was meant to harm me but god meant it for good
0: amen what a great quote from the book of the closing of the book of Genesis in regard to Joseph, what you meant for evil is take case uh, cancer. God is using it for good. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your testimony, Steve. If I might just ask, what's your current status in regard to your cancer?
1: I just got my last scan and I am cancer free. I, uh, just last month and the month of May, I should say, um, they drilled out the last three nodes in my lung on the right side and cleared it all out and they can't find any. So I'm slowly at this point, um, you're never out, out of it, but you are definitely, uh, definitely feeling healthy and been able to, uh, be very active. So, you know, God has, has at least given me some more time.
0: For a reason, I'm certain. Well, we're very grateful that he's given you more time and more time to influence my children and in Taekwondo and more time to enjoy our friendship and be there for your family, all that. And and we're praising the Lord with you on that. So his grace is sufficient and he's good and he's the God who heals. And so we rejoice in that. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your testimony. I trust it's been a blessing to those who've listened and look forward to see how God's going to continue to work in your life. And maybe sometime we can have you back and just talk Taekwondo stuff and how that relates to our faith or something, you know, sure. as well. So love to have you back. Right. Thank you, my friend. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amirani, 2022.